there. This is Tammy. Hey, and this is Carol Ann. Yes, and we are sisters talking about Let's Talk Aging. That's our website and our podcast. So just a brief summary about our podcast. I think we're on our ninth. Is that correct? Our ninth podcast? This is number nine. Oh, miracle of miracles. Wonder of wonders. <laughs> we want and to we're on. We're also on two different. Po- we're on the iTunes podcast and the Stitcher podcast. Right, right. And you can go to our website. Right. Oh, any of those ways to reach us. Right. <laughs> so we want to thank all of you that have been listening and um, that are coming back for more. And we have so many topics and ideas, and we want to involve you all in into what we're talking about. So go to our website and email us. Now, what's our email again? It's chat at letstalkaging.com. Right. And, and I, also, I have a Facebook group. That's right. And hey. And that is uh, right on Facebook. <laughs> Let's talk. Join up. It's called Let's Talk Aging. <laughs> so look us up and let us know your experience in taking care of your loved one. It might be that you're starting the process or you've just ended it or you might just be in the heat of the day of your caregiving journey. Whatever it is, we would love to hear from you. And if you have any ideas for topics or thoughts you'd like us to share, please send them to us in any of those ways. And it helps us to make us remember things that we experienced through our 37 years of caring and helping our parents. And we love to visit and chat. And that's what we want (laughs) to do with you. So come join us at Let's Talk Aging. Today, we're going to be sharing and discussing the TED Talk that Carol Ann found that really touched my heart, and I think you'll really appreciate it. We're going to attach it with this podcast so that you can listen to it and see it, and it, it, it's just wonderful. Carol Ann, can you, you want to go ahead and describe it? Okay, it's, the, it's a TED Talk with Dixon Shabanda. C-H-I-B as in boy, A-N-D as in dog, A. And he's from Zimbabwe, right? He, yes, he's one of 12 psychiatrists in the whole country. And they have a population of 14 million, and they only have 12 psychiatrists. So they had an experience, he had an experience that caused him to feel that it just wasn't working the way they were trying to do it. They were trying to get people to do it by phone from ERs because it was so far away. There's no way they can travel all over the place for these these. Uh, well, there were major people. issues. They were serious issues that people were having with depression. And right. what was, I, we can't say the name. It starts with a K and you'll see it when you look at the TED Talk, but yeah. it's, it meant thinking too much. That's their version of depression. I thought that was a really telling description, meaning it's, of that yeah. word. Isn't that the truth? Just overthinking, trying to figure things out and be, just going in a hole, trying yeah. to 
to figure it out yourself. I think and, it's 300 million today suffer from depression over the world. Oh, yeah. It's a tremendous amount yeah. of, of people in all countries, all walks of life, socioeconomic, uh, yeah. from young people to older people. It, it just involves everyone. So what they decided because of this happening with this lady, he had gotten this phone call from the ER that it was quite a ways away. And the lady's daughter was very depressed and suicidal ideations. And so they talked to him over the phone. And so he told them they were to come to the office to, to where he was in a week. And they didn't come. And three weeks went by. And the mother called that the daughter had committed suicide. And he, he immediately asked her, well, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come to where I am? And she said, we didn't have the $15 to get there. On the best, yeah. He just said that those words just stuck with him that, you know, it wasn't going to work, that people couldn't, they couldn't get there. They, if they were not close, where, you know, 12 psychiatrists are spread pretty thin. And if they couldn't get to him, how, how are they going to get help? So he started really kind of networking with different people and the, they started talking about what could what could be done and how this could be helped. And all of a sudden they just came on this, this um, idea that there is a huge population of grandmothers out there. People and who stay in their communities. Yeah, they don't move. They they're they're local. They could be close for people and so they decided to uh well, they did a clinical trial. Them. Yeah. Well they they trained them first. Mm-hmm, right. They trained them and they had um it was uh they called it the what was it called evidence-based talk therapy. Mm-hmm. And they trained them in that. They empowered skills to show empathy and and how to do behavioral changes just and they kept in touch with them, um, supported them through their cell phones. Yeah, and they had this bench. They called it the friendship bench. And they, they that's what they had in the town, just out in All these communities, yeah. And they, the grandmother would go there. They She'd told wear about a yellow, yellow apron. Isn't that what she wore? Yeah, they had a yellow apron. And Grandmother Jack was the one he talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went and she would sit on this bench and then the people, they would come. See, in the background, the clinic was planning and sending people to these women, these grandmothers that were appropriate for what they were doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was bipolar or schizophrenic, that kind of thing. It was depression where that they could they needed to talk about their situation. Maybe People. it was not long-term depression. Maybe it was situational, but it and was also depression. just people that were overwhelmed with life, you know? Right. Yeah. Just, life was yeah. hard there. Yeah. So they would, this grandmother would say, I'm, I'm here for you. Would you like to share your story with me? And that's how it would kind of start. And he tells all about it in the TED Talk. When you listen to it, you'll just be so amazed. Yeah, it was really, it's very, it's a very unthreatening thing. 
-hmm. And you think of people that are really intimidated by, by the psychiatry whole thing and even talking to a counselor, but talking to a grandmother, that's, that's just, that takes you back to your own life, you know, your own history and your own family, but it's someone that's outside your family that can make you feel cared for. Right. And that was really their, their, that's what they did. They, they cared purpose. about people. Yeah, and they were more effective than in the clinical trial. They found out they were more effective, these grandmothers, than than the physicians. Right. They found out that in the six months from the time the people came to the grandmothers and, you know, did talk therapy with them, in that six months, they people did not have depression again. They didn't, they didn't have suicide ideations anymore and that they they were more successful in what they did than the doctors were in the clinic just so awesome but what caroline and i kept thinking about is how wonderful this is for the grandmothers they're right. per- they're having a purpose they're they're uh, contributing to society all those years and all those experiences that they've had. It, it becomes relevant to them again. Um, they are useful and they're not insignificant. They, they have something to do and a place to go to be a help. And isn't that what our older population needs right now? Remember way back um, at one of our first podcasts, Carolyn, we talked about that book. And they right, said that right. it used to be, you know, that people right. would come for the elderly. Of course, the elderly were in their 50s and 60s in those days. <laughs> yeah. They had but, a little more. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they were yeah, but younger. They would, come, but, they, they would seek them out. This was a treasured population. And we've kind of gotten away with from that as people have grown older and, you know, more impaired. And But they have so much value um, to all of us in in wisdom and and so we talked a little we've been talking a little bit about um, what are in our own family different ones that were older and what they meant to us and you were going to tell a little bit about grandma or grandmother right and also I was listening to a couple of different uh, podcasts uh, not podcasts but uh, TED talks actually today and one said that the the aging process the two things that people worry the most about is they fear pain and they fear loneliness and also that they want to be useful so this kind of thing for i mean we understand that every grandmother wouldn't be the right fit for this i mean you know there's some grandmothers you wouldn't want to talk to and there's some grandmothers who wouldn't want to talk to you wouldn't want to listen to problems all day long (laughs) but this is you there are people you know who this just mm-hmm. suits them and i my grandmother Wayne and i my cousin we used to go to her house and my grandfather and her were 16 years apart in age so she was a lot younger and he passed away of a stroke so it was very sudden she was 50 years old which i kind of thought was old then but changed my mind about wow. that but Anyway, she didn't even drive. My 
my uh, uncle had to teach her to drive. And what she did, actually what she did for a job, she hadn't worked. She had never worked. She had three kids and had taken care of the home and the kids. And she got a job for a lady who's whose husband had died and this lady had three children mm-hmm. and she she couldn't even hardly quit when she was <laughs> ready to because they didn't know what they were going to do without her i mean she just became a part of the family she yes. she did everything with them and they depended on her i mean she was like family i remember going there as a child yeah I remember one of my favorite stories about that, that her working for that family is the one boy, he had some social challenges. And so she was taking him to a counselor and she, they, Baskin Robbins just came in and Baskin Robbins, this was a new thing, you know, 50 flavors. And this kid was over the moon about 50 flavors. Oh my goodness. So she said, well, after your appointment, we'll stop by and we'll get ice cream. So uh, Isn't it 31 she, flavors? 31 flavors. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so, just hit me while ago. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Not 50 fla- flavors. 31 flavors. And so she, she just told him, will you just get me whatever you get? Because I mean, you know, 31 flavors, it's going to be good. <laughs> So he comes back to the car and he has two vanilla cones. <laughs> and she said, well, didn't, I, he was just overwhelmed by all the flavors <laughs> and he liked vanilla. So he just got vanilla. How cute. But uh, yeah, but anyway, for her doing that. So yeah, yeah she kind of so was she, a help to that family. Yeah, she was a huge help. So then, but Wayne and I, we would go after church on Sunday. Sometimes we'd go home with her and she'd let Wayne drive when he first got his license, which oh my, over the moon, you know, that was really wonderful. So she'd say, what do you want for lunch? Anything you want for lunch, we can have. So one time I remember in particular, we picked corned beef hash and cream corn. <laughs> and that's what we had for lunch. Sunday lunch, cream corn, and she ate I'm it with do us. That when I'm a grandma, yeah. oh, that sounds she, great. She she ate she ate with us. She ate the same thing. You, you know, it's fine. Cute. Okay, whatever. But I used to brush her hair, and we'd talk and talk. And you know, she was older, but she was very with it. She was very aware of things that were going on and and very interested in our lives and what was happening with us and she you know we could we could get advice from her and she would have been great doing this she would have been she would have just been great yeah i i think too of we were going to mention about julie um, our oh, our daughters right. were very close to our mother, their right. grandmother. Yeah, my it, daughter Julie. She used to go to over to mom and dad's, and she said after mom died, she said the thing that she missed so much was that she just went over there, and she just went in and sat sat down on the couch by mom. And mom would just wanted to hear all about what was going on with her, what was going on with her school or work or whatever she was doing. And the whole time they were talking, mom was patting her hand. (laughs) And she said that was the hardest thing when 
she was gone, that she missed that, just that being able to go there and just kind of unload your burdens. And she, uh, she just made it better by being there. Yeah. Mom was that kind of person. She was intent on, on what you were saying. She wasn't, we always laughed about my dad because (laughs) you'd go talk to him and he was thinking about what he was going to say. <laughs> and he loved to tell his side of the story. And I was telling Carol Ann that the one time I did really remember him really concentrating on what I was, not just the one time, but really concentrating on something recently, right before he died, I found out that what I was telling him, he didn't approve of. <laughs> we know that that wasn't quite the way I should have done things. <laughs> but he was listening then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so cute. But mom, yeah, she she really wanted to know all about you. And I think my daughter said the same thing, that that's what was so important, that there was a place to go that you could just tell and you knew they loved you no matter what, they supported you no matter what, but that you could you could feel like it was a place to, that it was about you. And I think when it was, yeah. you're that age, it's so, so important. I know for myself, a grandma was not very well when I was, I'm, I'm a few years behind. <laughs> yeah, 13. <laughs> she wasn't, she was getting dementia pretty, pretty, pretty badly. And, and so anyway, my aunt, I used to spend a lot of time with her. I went home after school and she would make, bread and it would be coming out of the oven when I'd walk in and she'd cut both ends off. My uncle said he never saw the ends of, he didn't even know <laughs> a bread had ends to it. And she cut it in fours and have hot butter, I mean, put butter on it, on that hot bread and some cinnamon toast. And we'd sit at the at the little uh, booth they had there and talk and talk about all kinds of things. I remember her talking about things about the Bible with me, but I also remember her talking uh, just about practical things and things that happened to me at school or, you know, at that preteen, teenage, it's so important to have somebody that will listen to you and and just concentrate on you. And so I, I forever appreciate that. One thing my aunt always did was, we would go anywhere in the car when I was younger, she would say, you know, let's look for something that's the most beautiful thing we have seen today. Those little things were always really important to me. But so I'm so glad that we all had people in our lives that were older, that had the wealth of knowledge that they had, that they could share with us. And you're talking about yourself, but that person that's listening has a whole life journey in their head that they can help you with when they get a chance to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, they give, if you give them a chance, yeah, then they've got something to say. That's but, for sure. And it creates a great relationship. But getting back to this idea of grandmothers being useful in places like that, I just think of our own country and, and the big need there is here. I work in healthcare and um, mental health is such a huge worry right now for every healthcare facility because there isn't enough help there for the people that are coming to seek help. There isn't enough physicians, enough therapists, and it's it's so evident. And that d- diagnosis of, of depression is 
is prevalent too in almost every family. So it's really something to think about and the usefulness that it can be for those that are feeling like they don't have a place in society or they're not useful anymore or they nobody wants to listen to what they have to say or or don't doesn't feel like they have anything to offer anymore. It really would be a boost. So to me it's like a win-win situation. I guess it's happening in New York, he says. That yes, he said uh, New York they've started it in New York City. These and little you benches. Know, you think yeah, they do it all on these little benches. Probably in colder areas the bench yeah. has to be inside. <laughs> Probably. But the oh, thing is you wear those little yellow aprons. How cute. Yeah, that was darling. But the thing is too, even these days we talk about how how things are different. People move and everybody isn't close. You know, maybe you're not you don't have a grandmother close that if you want to talk to right that you can talk to and that that would be huge too even for people even for people from their family too right yeah. right just to, just to have somebody and, and a lot of people i i remember when um our kids were growing up and my parents were at so many events with with the kids and some of Greg's friends at a water polo game one time said I wish I wish they could be our grandparents because he didn't he didn't have any grandparents. He only had one set I think in his family, and he, they were they were across the country. So he never had them to be a part of his life like that. So it is it is really. It it could be such a good thing in so many ways. It could. It really. It really. I. It was an eye opener to me, and just made sense. And I don't know. You know, with all the challenges we have in our side of the world over here, but I'm sure it could be created. And and I mean, right now over in Africa, it's grown to seventy communities, and I think they've helped over thirty thousand people have received treatment. Yeah. And, you know, just, it's amazing. Yeah. And and the thing is that it's branched into other countries there. And the fact that it's in New York, I mean, it must work here. Right. In our country. So uh, he, the, this Dixon Shabanda, he said, you know, they're working on expanding it and getting it into other countries. And I, I think it's a fantastic idea and, and would really... Benefit. Be a great benefit. Yeah. So take a look at it's going to be up on our website next to our our podcast. So please take a look at it because it, it will be well worth your time. We just we just yes. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's do really you have good. a joke for tonight? Oh, I do. But I bet I'm going to have to find it. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find it. <laughs> well, since we had to do this podcast twice. <laughs> yeah. Another sure. little recording issue, but this one. I think this, my fault. this one is going to be, this one is going to be good though. Oh, good. good. But okay. I will give a different one. So you won't have to hear oh, the good. same joke good. twice. You. Do you Thank want you. a different joke? I really am good with whatever you. Okay. <laughs> here, here is a good one. The church held a marriage seminar and the priest asked <laughs> Luigi as his 50th wedding anniversary approached to share some insight into how he managed to stay married to the same woman all these years, he replied to the audience, well, I tried to treat her well 
and spend money on her. But the best thing I did was to take her to Italy for our 20th anniversary. The priest said, Luigi, you are an inspiration to all husbands here today. Please, <laughs> please tell the audience what you did for your wife for her 50th anniversary. Luigi proudly replied, I'm going to go and get her. That was a great one. Very good. Uh, oh, good. Anyway, Bill Roby laugh at that one. Oh, he hasn't listened. I didn't tell him that yeah. yet. I just found that one. Good. Yeah, I'll have to great. tell him. That was a yeah. great one. Well, listen. Yeah. Um, I think in the next few podcasts, we're going to have to have all the grandchildren on at one time. Something I've been wanting to do and get their perspective on, on what it's like to come from that end of things when uh, your parents are dealing with taking care of their parents, consumed with it as our, as we were. And it, it should be great listening, uh, or it may not be. I'm not sure. <laughs> it may never make it to a podcast. <laughs> it may never make it. Uh, anyway, we thought that'd be kind of fun. But thank you so much for listening, and let's talk aging. Let's talk aging, and remember to send us any kind of messages on chat at letstalkaging.com. Very good. Till next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye.